When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30 Chad. So the Oilers' five-game winning streak comes to an end in a place where they haven't won in quite a while. The Oilers now winless in their last 11 visits to L.A., 0-10-1 during that stretch. Haven't beaten the Kings on the road since November of 2011. Decent start for the Oilers tonight, but clearly not their usual selves over the final 40 minutes. And the Kings take this one by a score of 6-4. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 11.30 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Just some uh, things here that we know now when it comes to the playoff race. And some of these things we were pretty sure were going to happen, but we now know for sure. The Edmonton Oilers will not be a wildcard team. They will finish first, second, or third in the Pacific Division. Calgary lost tonight in Anaheim. By the way, the Flames are winless in their last 25 visits to Anaheim. Calgary can't pass Edmonton. So that means Edmonton will not be a wildcard team. The Oilers are four points behind Anaheim for first place. Ducks have two games left. The Oilers have three. It's not impossible for the Oilers to Mm -hmm. get first, but it's going to be a little harder. Both the Oilers and the Sharks now with 97 points. They play each other on Tuesday. And again, the Oilers do have a game in hand on the Sharks. However, if they wind up losing in regulation to San Jose uh, on Thursday. That's going to make it tougher for the Oilers to get second. So they're in the top three in the Pacific, still with a decent chance to get home ice advantage, a bit more of now of an outside chance to uh, to get first place. We'll see how it plays out. Rob, you know, about uh, five minutes into the third period, I said, man, the Oilers haven't been near the L.A. net much, have they, after the first <laughs> period? You did, and you were right. It was, uh, it, it just, it was an ugly game. And I know that uh, we listened to Jack and Bob talk about the fact there was no emotion in the in the in the in the arena, and it does affect players. It affects both teams, not just the the Oilers. It would affect the LA Kings when there's just no emotion pumping you up. It was a game that was sloppy, a lot of mental mistakes, physical mistakes, bad bounces. The Oilers have been very fortunate over the last little while to get bounces going their way. Tonight, they weren't getting those. I mean, pucks, Darnell Nurse passes a puck to Leon Dreisaitl right on his stick, bounces off. Next thing you know, it's in the net. So the the Oilers didn't create enough. They didn't drive the net enough. And the result is probably well-deserved. I, I think that the LA Kings, over the course of the 60 minutes, was the better team tonight. 6-4 is your final. And, I mean, the second period, I thought, Rob... You know, again, the, the, you, you mentioned the LA Kings depth players, what they did, mm-hmm. forechecking, banging away, keeping pucks alive. And I know the Oilers killed off their two shorthanded situations in the second period. 
But the momentum from those, right? I mean, you got Larson going off for that hold. Cassian went off for that hold in the offensive zone. So there's four minutes killed where you can't attack. And then just L.A. kept coming, kept coming. Nugent Hopkins, huge goal. He had a pretty good game to get the Oilers back in it. But then in the third, and again, you know, Benning is back-checking on Lewis. And I know we'll probably talk about Benning and Nurse tonight. But there's that play. I mean, it's it's one th- you can say, oh, a lucky goal for L.A. But I always look at those and say, the L.A. player's driving the net. If he's not there, he doesn't get the bounce. He, he forced it. He, he forced the goal, just like we talked earlier in the game when Connor McDavid drove the net and eventually Lucic gets a, a rebound goal. Uh, it, it, it's because you forced the play. You became aggressive. And on that play against Benning, uh, the, the L.A. King forward was aggressive. He went hard to the net. And when you go hard to the net and a puck is bouncing, you got... What's Benning? Probably about 6'1", mm-hmm. to 200 pounds, and then the, the L.A. player probably 6'2", 210, or whatever it is. So you have 400 pounds of men going towards the net. There's a lot of bodies, a lot of feet, a lot of sticks that the puck can hit and take a weird bounce, and it does. So you got Cam Talbot looking at this, these two big men coming at him full speed, trying to find a puck and having to try to jump away from the forward coming at him and still find the puck, eventually it found a way through him. So the LA Kings are very simple the way they play. They throw pucks on net, they put bodies in front. For most of this season, the luck hasn't been on their side, and they haven't been able to produce offense. But tonight, their role players did. Their best two players, uh, offensively, a Kopitar and a Carter, zero points tonight. But a Dowd had four. Some kid named Brodzinski. Johnny Brodzinski gets his first two points ever in the National Hockey League. He has two assists. It was their role players that came to play tonight. And that's what you see typically at the end of a season in a meaningless game. The role players need to impress. They want to show what they can do. The star players, they know where they're going to be. Kopitar's making $10 million a year for a number of years. These games are meaningless to him. They're not meaningless to the role players. So the Kings win it 6-4 over the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers dropped the 44-26 and 9 on the season. Start of a three-game road trip for Edmonton. That was just, they just have three games left in the regular season. We're uh, opening the phone lines here, 780-496-0063. If you want to talk, you can also text 63630. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. But right now, let's go back to Los Angeles. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Well, I think anytime you give up five goals in a game, there's some things you're not very happy with. Um, I thought we had some really, really good performances from, from some individuals and some, some quite poor ones. Um, you know, So the, the ones that were at the poor end uh, have to look at their game and, and evaluate what went right and what didn't go right. Um, you know, at this time of the year, that little lull between playoffs and, and uh, finishing up the regular season, you can't let your game dip. I mean, we've talked about that as a team and there's not enough practice time, there's not enough games to get it back. So you go to sleep or you don't think it's important uh, on, a, on a given night, good luck getting it back. And uh, I thought we had a few of those players tonight. Your second line was really good. Uh, you'll be counting on in the playoffs. Yeah, yes, I thought they were uh, tremendous. Not Nuge had one of his better games of the season. Uh, uh, Milan has been uh, good for a long, long time. Ebbs competed in a heavy, hard game, which was was very good for us. Um, and I thought that uh, Latestu's line also had a pretty good night. So. Um, you know, we're going to need those those types of players. There's others that that are going to have to pick it up a little bit, but we know that, and we're counting on them to do it. Does this be complacency, or was it, what do you think? Would be no, it's not complacency. It's uh, This game didn't have a lot of emotion in it, and we played some really emotionally charged games over the last little bit. And, um, you know, perhaps that 
uh, affected us a little bit. But, uh, you know, details and what were we, two for 16 in the in the face-off circle in the first period, like those types of of situational battles, um, when we're engaged and we're going hard, um, we play better in those situations. So um, we've got to get better and uh, got a big one coming up in a couple nights. Well, and the details word is one we've talked about a lot this season, and that's going to be the adjustment of the game for Thursday for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. It's taking care of those details. I mean, when the Oilers have been detailed, Mm-hmm. They don't always win, but they don't give up six. I mean, yes. five without the empty netter. No, you're right. It, it was details. And you can go back on probably every goal that the Oilers gave up tonight, and you can see where they missed an assignment, where they made the wrong decision, where there was a lack of communication. And, and those things the Oilers have been very good at this year. They've been very clean. Uh, there's always going to be mistakes made, but tonight there was a lot that were self-inflicted mistakes, and uh, it wasn't a good night for them. And they'd had such a good run, it was that much more noticeable tonight. And uh, the LA Kings, for the, probably they'll say for the first time this year, got some breaks and got some bounces, and the Oilers paid the price for not having the same work ethic that the LA Kings had tonight. 6-4, the Kings win it over the Oilers. Nugent Hopkins, a couple of goals. He's my nominee for the fourth star of the game. For Missioner Allen Auctioneering, check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Todd mentioned his line was good. He liked uh, Latestu, Kajula, and Shlepashev as well. So that leaves uh, the other six forwards as maybe guys Todd didn't like as much tonight. Well, it, it's true. I thought the Latestu line was quite good with, with Shlepashev and Kajula. The, the, the chips that they had, they, they had momentum. They had aggressiveness. There was a point where the LA Kings had taken over the game and the Slepeshev Latestu line came out and, and had a dominant shift and you're thinking okay well maybe this is going to turn the tide so they were good uh, Nugent Hopkins was good I don't know if, if his whole line was was a they had a great night they had a couple good shifts the McDavid line was it was a quiet night for Connor and for for Leon there was a couple chances they could have had about two or three points but they weren't the dominant line that we've seen as of late and it, it just was it was an off night for, for the Oilers. Just simply an off night, and they paid a price on the scoreboard. McDavid minus three, Dreisaitl minus three. They each do get an assist, so the point streaks stay alive. They're both now at 11 games. But L.A. takes this one. 6-4-7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. We have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. Um, I just wanted to elaborate on uh, the, the McDavid driving the net play. It... He, he not only drove the net, but he was actually, if you look at the replay, he was actually the guy that tipped the puck and and never gave up on it. And he was the one that deflected it over to, uh, I think it was Dreisaitl that scored? Uh, uh, Lucic scored. Or Lucic, yeah. So... So that attention to detail is so important in a game, and it, it, it really is the difference between winning and losing and I just kind of wanted your thoughts on that or or just wanted to see if any of you actually saw him actually do that because I think he actually planned it he just never gives up on anything no you're right about that for me Connor McDavid is a lot like Sidney Crosby that their will and their um, battle level it just never stops 
they don't quit and they are they have a belief in them that they can always make a play they could have two guys draped on them the 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 puck is behind them they got their stick under their their arms their their eyes are closed and they still feel they can make the play and that's what you saw in that one he he knows that there's someone over there and he can try to get the puck to him on that side it's what separates the great ones from the good ones and McDavid and Crosby are great ones, and that's why there's they never quit on a play. And it's something that you can learn from watching the great players play. Just watch yeah, their battle was, level. There was a couple other plays I saw too, where I was just like in absolute awe. Like he just turned guys in right inside out. It was just sick to watch. Rocket, we're going to finish the play with you, buddy. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. You can visit JetSetParking.com. And if you're right here, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Maroon. L.A. will protect the puck in the near corner. You've got four players in the vicinity. Drysaddle's trying to create room against Jake Muzzin. Has the puck. Snaps it out to the point for Nurse. Wrist shot off balance. That was blocked. Came back to Nurse. Fires. All right, so Nurse taking a shot there. The play was reviewed. Did the goal stand or was it waved off, Rocket? Well, actually, I think if you review it further, I think you'll see actually Dreisaitl tipped it, but that's a goal by Nurse. Maroon. L.A. will protect the puck in the near corner. You've got four players in the vicinity. Drysaddle's trying to create room against Jake Muzzin. Has the puck. Snaps it out to the point for Nurse. Wrist shot off balance. That was blocked. Came back to Nurse. Fires deflected home in front by Leon Drysaddle. And Edmonton's right back in this game. Five to four. Rocket, good call. And, yeah, we were looking at it and thought, now there was not a really close-up <laughs> replay, so we should qualify that uh, as as well. But uh, we thought Dreisaitl tipped that they have credited it to Nurse. The video review, all they said was the call on the ice stands, which which sometimes means we didn't see anything that allows us to overturn it, and then they gave it to Nurse. So if they're giving it to Nurse, they're saying Leon didn't touch it, so there was couldn't have been a high stick. Which is, I think, was a mistake. I think Leon touched it, and I think it was a high stick. So they're not the others aren't going to argue it because they got the goal and. And it and it got to stand, but I agree with Rocket. I, to me, that hit Drysaddle's stick, and I believe it was a little bit over the crossbar. But you'll take what you get. And uh, Darnell Nurse had a very odd night tonight—a goal and assist—and on for a lot of goals against. You can text six thirty six thirty. This texter says, uh, "Can you talk about this?" Is for you, Rob, okay. because I would not be able to answer this at the NHL level. Uh, he goes, "Can you talk about?" Puck spin. It seems to me Dreisaitl was thrown off a bit on his mistake on the goal against. Do you think puck spin was a factor? I, I, I don't know if he's, this person's still I, listening. If he means like, I, I think the way that the puck came off of Nurse's stick and hit Dreisaitl's stick, and and the puck sometimes it spins. There's guys that I've played with that are really good passers, and they give you a nice flat pass with no spin on it. Mm-hmm. There's other guys that give you a pass and it spins. So when it hits your stick, it, it just immediately goes a little bit, and you got to control it a little better. Um, it, 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 that one, was, I didn't find it as a mistake. I just, To me, that was just bad luck, bad break. It hit his stick, and it jumped off. I'd have to see the video closer. Like our, I don't, our TV's not big enough to get a really good look to see if the puck was spinning. But the puck, when, it, when Darnell passed it to Leon, it hit Leon's stick and just shot off his stick. 
just shot off. It wasn't right. Leon wasn't making a play. He wasn't trying to do anything. He had no control over the puck. And unfortunately for him, I think it went to Pearson. Yeah. And that was that was the end of the game for the Oilers. So it, it was just to me that wasn't a bad play. That was completely bad luck on the on the part of Leon Drysaddle and Darnell Nurse. So it sounds to me, Rob, that you're almost talking about how sometimes people say you hear it in you hear it in hockey, you hear it in basketball. It was a. Some guys can deliver more of a soft yep. pass. So not. It isn't necessarily the velocity of the pass, but it's how it arrives at you, how easy it is to receive. Yes, and and sometimes because it, you have to pass it hard sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you and can still. And and most National Hockey League players, they prefer the puck to come harder at them. Right. It, it's easier to receive when a nice hard pass comes because you're ready. When it's a slower one, now you're trying to time it. You're waiting to see if someone else is going to tip it on the way over. But it also it, it, we, we, I never, you got to watch how Darnell, was he under pressure? Did he have to push it at an odd angle to get it to over to Leon? Did it hit snow when he when he was shooting it over there? Stuff like that to see. But the way, I mean, Leon Dreisaitl has the second best set of hands on the team, outsider Connor McDavid. So when a pass hits Leon's stick, and just shoots off his stick, to me shows something surprised Leon when the puck came over. And unfortunately, it was just bad luck that it goes right to Tanner Pearson. And give Tanner Pearson credit. That was an absolute bomb of a shot that beat Cam Talbot. All right, 6-4, the Oilers lose tonight. Winless in their last 11 in L.A. We do have a $100 donation from Booster Juice to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Nugent Hopkins had two tonight for Edmonton. Back to L.A. Here's the Nuge. Kind of even from the get-go, I mean, we were up 2 nothing in the first, but uh, we still were giving up, like, we didn't give up a ton of chances, but they were all pretty pretty good, high-quality chances. So uh, it kind of started from there. We were a little bit too sloppy, and um, it just kind of led into the rest of the game. I mean, we know that these guys, they always have a big momentum shift at some point. So um, I don't know if we were uh, prepared for that in the second period. Is that a byproduct of maybe you guys have been rolling and, and thought maybe things are going to be easier than, than they will be? Um, well, I don't know if that's... Um, I, I think teams kind of just go through. I mean, you play well, you, you have an off night, and tonight just kind of seemed like our off night. I mean, I don't think there was any, uh, um, I mean, there's no guys that didn't want to try hard. I mean, everybody's still, we know what time of the year it is, and uh, everybody's still pushing, and uh, we're obviously still fighting for a position here. So um, nobody's not trying. It's just a matter of uh, sharpening up and uh, making sure that we bring consistent effort every night. Anaheim goes four points ahead of you. Calgary can't catch you anymore. There's only a few games left. It's looking pretty much like it's you and San Jose in the first round, second, third, and you go in there tomorrow, two nights from now. What's the... Yeah, well, yeah, if that's... I mean, if that's the case, then obviously it's going to be... Um, uh, obviously a big game. I mean, it kind of sets us up for um, playoffs if that's who we see. So, I mean, we're going to need to uh, clean it up, obviously, from tonight. But uh, uh, pretty confident in this group that that's, uh, that's going to happen. All right, that's Nugent Hopkins. I mean, they know they got to work on stuff. Uh, I, I mean, he, he was asked about the complacency question. I, I don't think they got to game... 79 of the season and then decided like, oh, let's mail one in tonight. I mean, sure, they, 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 was this the Oilers' best game? No. Were they detailed enough? No. But I don't think this is some kind of uh, now a serious uh, effort issue with the team. Well, no, it's not. I mean, these things happen. I mean, tonight, uh, you and I were talking 
four non-playoff teams beat playoff teams tonight. The Chicago Blackhawks, who many consider the best in the West, they go into Colorado. They give up a 3-0 lead. They lose to Colorado. Colorado has 51 shots on net against the Chicago Blackhawks. I don't think they're questioning if the Chicago Blackhawks are complacent or or, or if there's problems now. It it just happens. St. Louis on home ice. Lose to the Winnipeg Jets 5-2 in a huge game for the St. Louis Blues. Nashville needs to win. They lose to the New York Islanders on home ice so it, it, it happens you don't want it to but sometimes the breaks go against you sometimes you don't play as well as you'd hope to and these other teams still if they're non-playoff teams still good enough to beat you on any given night so no reason to panic but they got to be better in the next game against San Jose 6-4 the Kings win it we're going to bring in one of our regulars Cam when we get back you're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre And now at center ice, a battle to Foley. Worked over Nugent Hopkins, got it back. To the net, wrist shot, and a save made by Cam Talbot with the leather. Tried to take it outside. That's Cam Talbot's save of the game, courtesy of Armor Insurance. Protect your car, home, and business with Armor at armorinsurance.ca. Talbot, 21 saves on 26 shots tonight. He takes the loss. He misses out on a chance to set a new Oilers team record for most wins by a goalie in a season. He has 40. Grant Fuhr, who was in attendance tonight, had 40 back in 87-88. Thanks a lot for joining us. Overtime open line on 6.30, Chet. Oilers lose 6-4 to the Kings as we quickly check your Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. Ducks over the Flames, 3-1. Sharks over the Canucks, 3-1. So Anaheim, 101 points. Edmonton and San Jose, both with 97. Bruins shut out the Lightning, 4-0. Brad Marchand going to be suspended for that spear? I still haven't seen the spear, but he is a repeat offender. I think they know his name well at the uh, NHL offices. Devils over the Flyers, 1-0 in overtime. Penguins beat the Blue Jackets, 4-1. Washington wins, 4-1 in Toronto. Senators blank the Red Wings, 2-0. Got to put a shout-out here to Clark MacArthur, a guy I know. He's from Lloyd Minster, and he's been out basically a year and a half with concussion issues. He was back tonight for Ottawa, so I was glad to see him play. Good for him. He's a very good hockey player, and that Ottawa center team desperately needs some players to step up for them. Jets over the Blues 5-2. Islanders edge the Predators 2-1 in overtime. Minnesota outscores Carolina 5-3. Dallas wins in OT 3-2 over Arizona. And as Rob mentioned, Colorado, a dramatic comeback to beat Chicago 4-3 in overtime. Curling tonight. The men's worlds over at Northlands Coliseum. Canada now 7-0, pounding Germany 8-2 tonight. 780-496-0063. We bring Cam onto the show. Hello, Cam. Hey guys, how's it going? Very good. Good, uh, Rob. I heard a stat tonight that you um, that McDavid had passed you as uh, on to, into second all time for most assists by a U twenty player. Is that accurate? Uh, I I think so. I yeah, think he's now third assists in a season, but it's the it's over the last thirty five years. There's kind of a qualifier there. But Rob had a spectacular year, no doubt about it. For just, sure, Rob, I just want to give you credit to like uh, you're a very accomplished uh, player, and so often uh, players, former players, talk through their hat, so to speak, uh, about their careers and stuff, and and you never do that. So I just want to give you credit, like you're very humble, and it it just 
And I really appreciate the analysis you give, and I want to re- recognize that and acknowledge that, that you're just, your humility is really quite admirable. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. That's very nice to say. For sure. Um, I found myself partially through that game not hoping that they would lose, but just kind of saying that this might be one to kind of get out of the system. And I don't know if you guys found that or not, but I just well, I found it. In all honesty, I, I did say that. I, I, Reid and I were talking. I said, if the Oilers were to sweep their last four games and then all of a sudden go in the playoffs, winners of 13 out of 14, eventually, odds say, the things are going to go sideways, where the breaks aren't going to come for them, where the bounces are going to go the other way, the calls, everything. And the Oilers are not a team that is, you know, they are not a superstar team that is a, a 13 out of 14 winning streak type of team. So eventually it evens out. So I agree. I mean, you don't ever like losing games, but a loss is going to come. And I'd rather lose game 79 to the L.A. Kings in a meaningless game or game 78 or whatever was in a meaningless game instead of losing game one on home ice in the first round of the playoffs. So, yeah, it, it, it sucks. The Oilers weren't good enough. There's a lot of things they need to correct. But to me, it, it, a, a stinker was going to come, and I'd rather it come tonight. I was also, oh, sorry, I was also going to say, like, Nurse was kind of, uh, I, I thought Nurse was good. Like, I mean, I know he had some issues tonight and that, but his effort level and his, like, that one shift where they got scored on where, where Benning got beat, uh, lost D-side there. I mean, Nurse was just outstanding, that shift. As a matter of fact, that particular shift, I said to myself, man, this kid is just, he's starting to figure it out below the dot. So, you know, I hope... I'm not going to be too hard on him at all because, you know, I think he's really getting it. And then the final thing I was going to say is, and it's, I'll, I'll leave it with a question, what is it in Nugent Hopkins' game that has transformed? Like, he, was there something nagging him injury-wise? Was there something in his training or conditioning? Or had he hit a low somewhere physically? Because, like, he's not even the same player physically that he was six or seven weeks ago, he, he just looks like a completely different player. He's stronger. Right? I understand what confidence is. You get your legs when you have confidence, but it's beyond that. Like, So I guess I'll just leave you guys with that question. Do you guys know of anything that's happened or anything that was happening that was nagging him or something? Because like, he's a different different player. So I'll leave you with that one. Uh, no. I mean, I don't. I mean, we haven't been privy to anything. Uh, sometimes when you're having an off year, and he is, uh, something just clicks. One game, something clicks, and then all of a sudden the next game, oh, I just put two together. And then the third game comes along, oh, a couple more breaks went my way. And and you mentioned the word confidence. It is huge. It, and it's funny because these guys, are the, they've been the best. Nugent Hopkins is the best player when he played in Bantam and Midget. And then he goes to junior and he's the best player. Then he's the number one pick overall. Then he makes it as a young kid here in Edmonton. And he's up for rookie of the year. You would, it's hard to believe that a kid like that could lose confidence. But as we, I've said with Reed many times, Tiger Woods lost confidence. He went from the best player in the world to a guy that could barely hit the green from 15 yards. And once you lose your confidence, it's hard to get it back. But when it does come and you start gaining confidence, you get a little jump in your step. You feel a little bit better. There's a little smile when you're on the ice. You want the puck more. And he, Nugent Hopkins has been better as of late. And the goal he scored today... The second goal. We have not seen that from Ryan Nugent Hopkins in a long, long time. That was skill. He beat Dowdy to the net. He made quick look silly. 
That's the Nugent Hopkins that everyone fell in love with his first couple of years. That's the Nugent Hopkins you need going into the playoffs. Nuge with two, but the Oilers lose 6-4 in Los Angeles. 780-496-0063 is how you can reach us. We have Jerry on the line. Hello, Jerry. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. After listening to that last comment, I have to say that Nugent Hopkins, I would not get rid of him. He's a great player, and he was he was kind of like the Gretzky that we needed back in the day, but now we have McDavid. Well, McDavid's obviously, yeah, the number one guy for sure. And, and I think yeah. with Nugent Hopkins and Everly, and they've talked about this, they've maybe they more than anybody else have had to adjust to some of the things that Coach McClellan has wanted them to do. Right. And maybe they're coming around on those things more and being able, being more effective in both ends of the ice. So what do you think about uh, Eberle? Is he, is he coming around or...? Um, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, I, I mean, he, everyone's expecting what they saw, you know, where he, what he lead the team three out of five years. He was the, the leading scorer on the team, but he was also the guy that was on the first power play unit. He was also the guy that was put out there in the first four on four and, and he's not getting that ice time. So the stats go down a little bit because you're not getting the, the pretty ice time that you're used to getting. Having said that, he still did not have a start to the season that he needed to have, and he didn't play in both ends the way he needed to do. But as as of late, I think the second line has gotten a lot better. He's learned to play a much better all-round game. We've seen him tonight. Was He got hammered by someone in the corner, got up and threw two body checks. I mean, Jordan Everly didn't do that before. Now, is he uh, the best two-way player in the world yet? No, but I think he's he's buying into what... Todd McClellan is selling, and he wants to be part of this. Now, you, you can't look at contracts because that is not on him, but you, you look for effort level. And this Oiler team, if it's going to go anywhere in the playoffs, it, I mean, obviously on the back of Connor McDavid, but you need secondary scoring, and the other secondary scoring has been much better over the last month, and that's one of the reasons the Oilers are where they are in the standings. Tied for second in the Pacific Division with San Jose, four points behind first place Anaheim, 780-496-0063. We're back after the news. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Six minutes after midnight, the Edmonton Oilers' five-game winning streak is over. The Los Angeles Kings shoot down the Oilers 6-4. Edmonton led it 2-0 after the first, but L.A. gets three straight in the second. Nugent Hopkins tied it before the middle stanza was over, but Lewis and Pearson made it 5-3 Kings. Nurse gets one back. Doughty adds an empty netter. That's your final damage. Thanks for staying up. It's Rob Brown along with Reed Wilkins tonight. No Japanese Village goal light this evening. We do turn that on if the Oilers score five or more in a game. It's on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, downtown south side and north side, the three Edmonton locations. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. Ward from Saskatoon says... Let's say the Oilers know where they stand with one game remaining in the season. Do they rest some players before the playoffs? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, it's a good point. I know that you look at other sports, you look at football, when they know where they're staying going into the playoffs, most of their stars usually don't play the quarterback or play a quarter and that's it, or their running back won't play. Uh, I mean, there's only so many guys you can sit out. Yeah, especially for the guys. Cause I, mean, yeah, I mean, if they knew they're standing for the final home game on I, Sunday, they wouldn't play Talbot. But I still bet you, I, I bet you McDavid's in the lineup. I, I do. I'm, and it's a hard one. But most, most hockey, hockey is different than most other sports. You know, I, I mean, you're watching right now in the NBA, the Cleveland, uh, Cleveland the other day, Cavaliers, they, they set out their entire, almost like their entire starting five. Yeah. They rested them on a road trip, and they took a lot of heat about, about it. Uh, hockey players are the opposite. They, they want to play every game. The coaches say, oh, if an injury happens, an injury happens. It was going to happen anyway, so we're going to play through it. They don't like changing. The only thing I would see, and I agree with you, that Talbot would not dress if the Oilers' playoff spot and, and positioning was sewn up. All right, we have Kent on the line. Kent, thank you so much for calling. Hey, no problem. I just want to say real quick that uh, I've been an older fan for, since the beginning. Uh, I grew up in Callens and uh, met Rob Brown more than once. Uh, he was more than a great individual every time I met him. Um, but I just want to get at uh, why no one at the beginning of the season uh, gave the others any, any uh, options to make the playoffs, number one. No one that I saw. Uh, gave them a chance to make the playoffs this year, and they continue to, uh, you know, just don't have any confidence that they're going to do anything in the playoffs. I'm just wondering why they continue to not give any confidence behind this club. I mean, what more do they have to do to show that they're contenders? Well, I, I can tell you from my view, at the beginning of the season, I did not realize how important and how good Cam Talbot was going to play. I didn't have an idea that he was going to play, what's, what's it going to be, 75 games? Somewhere along that line. Tonight was 71, yeah. So, yeah, so close to 74 games this year. I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't see the acquisition and the importance of the acquisition of both Larson and, and Russell and the bounce back of a cleft bomb. So I felt the Oilers were going to be a lot better. I felt that they were going to compete into March and April for a playoff spot. I didn't see them making the playoffs. Having said that, after what they have put together this year, I believe the Chicago Blackhawks are the best team in the Western Conference. After that, I, there's not a team that I see the Oilers playing where I don't feel that they have a better than average chance of beating them. I think outside, I, Cam Talbot is as good as any goaltender in the Western Conference that the others are going to go up against. Connor McDavid is better than any player in the Western Conference. The others' defense I would put up against almost any team in the Western Conference. So, yeah, the others need some bounces. They need some breaks. Uh, but I do not see them going into any series other than against the Chicago Blackhawks as underdogs. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I didn't uh, Talbot uh, again. I, I would agree with you there, Rob. Overperforming what I yep. thought he would do. Maroon certainly a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Even Drysaddle, who I thought was going to be very good, in I know you didn't you didn't think so, Rob. You thought he would be this good mm-hmm. this year. I thought he might be a year away from being a, a top ten scorer in the NHL. Mark Letestu has set a mm-hmm. career high in goals, and I think you make some good points about the defense. Larson is a better defender than I thought he was. I agree. And and that was the big trade that happened. And because, as we said when it happened, the New Jersey Devils were a team that we saw very little. 
and if they were a team that was on TV, we would turn the channel. It was not it was not a sexy game to watch. So I knew nothing about Larson other than what you had read. So yeah, I was shocked that the trade was made, and that's all that the others got. But now after seeing Larson play, you're like, oh, that guy's good, and what a difference he is when he's on the ice, and he's he's mean, and a silent mean about him, and silent nasty. So yeah, I agree with all those things, and uh, the Oilers. I mean, and then you start looking right now in the, in the playoffs. The the Sanos going into the playoffs right now. The San Jose Sharks. Now I don't know when the injuries are going to be healed, but their two of their top three forwards are out right now. Joe Thornton, who is is to me one of one of the best players that has played in this league in in the last decade, he's out with a, a leg injury, and then Logan Couture, who's a fantastic young player, lost every tooth in his mouth the other day from a slap shot to the face. They're both out. You look at the Anaheim Ducks, Cam Flavler, who is by far their best defenseman. He's left the game today, and from what it looks like, it doesn't look like it's something that he's going to come back from for this year's playoffs. So those are teams the Oilers have to get through, and that's three very good hockey players. The Oilers have as good a chance as any to advance to the Western Conference Finals, and then anything can happen. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, it's it's difficult for me to say, okay, the Oilers are one of the top four favorites to win the Stanley Cup because I think three of those teams are probably in one division. Yep. So they won't all all get out. But yeah, yeah, against anybody in the West, they're. I mean, who who's and like I said, Rob. The, so the 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 Pacific Division, the top three teams could wind up one team with 103 points, one with 102, and one with 101. Who's the favorite? Well, you're right. And the you know, Calgary so, Flames is right there, And the Calgary too. Flames could have 99 yeah. or whatever. I yeah. guess they can't have that many now, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, do, I, I, I understand why Kent is asking the question. I just, I mean, look, if the Oilers right now had 55 wins or however many Washington has, uh, Washington has 53, then yeah, I would say, yeah, maybe they're the team to beat, but I'm, I'm not comfortable going that far. Or the, could they win a round or two? Absolutely. Sure, well, sure. Yeah. and then, then who knows what happens. I mean, as you said, the Pacific Division, the four, the top four teams, to me, are all very equal. I mean, there's their stats, their, their standings, where they are, their point-wise, they are all very, very close. So yeah, it's it, to me, in the playoffs, you need a, some things to go right, and health is a huge thing. And right now, the Oilers are as healthy as any team in the National Hockey League and probably more healthy than most. And I think that's, to get back to what we were talking about off the top of the show, that's why you have to commit to a detailed game. Mm-hmm. Because if you commit to a detailed game and, and your goalie is solid, you're not going to give up five or you know, there was an empty net or tonight. Yeah. You're not going to give up six like you did tonight. You're going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. And if the Oilers can be in a game like they were against Anaheim, then maybe you get a chance to tie it late. And then maybe your skilled guys get a two-on-one in overtime, right? Yep. So so that's that's what, because in the playoffs, you know, I've said it several times, kind of half-jokingly, but scoring isn't going up. No. So you can expect it to be 1-1, or you're down 2-1 with 10 minutes left. Give yourself a shot. But and, but if you are right now in Anaheim and say Fowler wasn't hurt, you're saying, well, we got a good team this year, and we could go all the way. And if you're in San Jose, they're like, we went to the finals last year. We've got the same guys back, and we can go all the way. And the Calgary Flames right now, we've been as hot as any team in the second half. Why can't we go all the way? So all four teams in the Pacific feel that they can come out of the Pacific, and it's going to come down to who has the best detail, game in their game who stays the healthiest and I don't care what anyone says you still need luck on your side if you want to win in the playoffs and the others need a little yep. bit of luck no that's a fair point but again 
you got to be close for the luck to matter. No, absolutely. You get a lucky break yep. when you're already down 6-1. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't. Oilers lose six four tonight. Let's go back to LA. Here's center Mark Latestu. Six goals. That's that's a week's worth for us when when this team's when our team's detailed and, and the structures there. Uh, and it was leaking tonight. There was some giveaways. Uh, we weren't just as sound as we normally are. Uh, ended up in the back of our net, but six goals. Uh, you're not gonna win any games giving up six. So that, that's something better now, I guess, than than a couple weeks from now, but uh, it's a lesson better learn real quick. You win 9 out of 10, one of these games is due? I, I hope not, uh, especially not the way we lost. You know, I think we can we can take losing uh, when we're still, you know, structurally sound, the execution's there. Uh, we're not given goals where we felt like we, we gave away some, some grade-A opportunities tonight and didn't really make them work for their offense. Uh, so I think accepting, you know, a stinker or a loss, uh, it's not the time of the year for it. All right, there's Mark Letestu after the Oilers' 6-4 loss in Los Angeles. It's quarter after midnight. We have Fava calling in. We'll get to that when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. The Oilers have had two five-game winning streaks this season. The second one ends in Los Angeles. The Kings taking it 6-4. Edmonton had a 2-0 lead, could not hang on. Nugent Hopkins, two goals for the Oilers. Nurse had a goal and an assist. Nick Shore, a goal and three assists for the Kings. Johnny Brodzinski had two assists, Dustin Brown with a goal and a helper. Jonathan Quick, your winning goaltender, Cam Talbot, takes the loss. Thanks a lot for joining us along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Fava onto the show. Hi, Fava. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing well. Oh, good. Well, um, i got to say this is the most exciting time I had at an Oilers loss game ever. Uh, I got my hat signed by Fuhrer. Jersey signed by Gretzky, Jersey signed by McDavid. Got a picture with uh, uh, Bob Nicholson. It was a great experience, and I learned something new. I overheard someone in front of me talking, explaining to his friend, and this is quite interesting. He was telling his friend that the puck is off balance. There's a heavy side and a like a lighter side of the puck, and because it's spliced together, and also that is why the expression "puck off." came from because they're off balance and his buddy that he was explaining it to believed 100% of it I was dying of laughter and like it, it, he was telling the story just as the Oilers scored their first goal and he asked me he's like did they score Oilers score shorthanded I'm like I have no clue and I was listening to your story <laughs> I was in tears for a good two to three minutes and the wow. guy was so straight faced he was an LA Kings fan and he was just like a person that like you would want to meet at a bar just to have a drink with because he was just so fun. We were talking earlier. Uh, anyways, but yeah, um, again, like uh, Rob said earlier, um, I was okay with the Oilers losing this game. But, you know, I would love to have them win. But like you said, you don't want them going in, you know, winning so many games. And you also need a kick in the butt after this game. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. Um, greatest time at an Oiler loss game. Unfortunately, sad to say it that way, but had a great time. Got my jersey signed by Greg. That's <laughs> awesome. That's an awesome night, Fab. It's great to hear from you, man. Take care. Yeah, yeah. take care. I love listening to you guys. All right. Have a good night. Thanks a lot.
That is pretty cool. That's an amazing story. Well, who'd you meet tonight? I just went to the game, met Gretz, met Fierzy, met Bob. <laughs> Connor and I had a chat. Just a simple night out in L.A. That's that's quite the tale, the Kings fan was. Well, I, mean, I guess if you'd never watched hockey, I mean, if I sat down and watched cricket, someone told I, me that. I'd probably believe anything. Well, the, while, while he's telling the story, I'm okay. I'm looking at my head. Okay, the puck. Now, if I turn it over, I'm, so, I'm like, okay, tomorrow when I'm on the ice with my kids, I'm gonna take all the pucks and start weighing them. I'm like, I'd never heard that before. So, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where you start to doubt yourself. I'm like, oh, really? Guess, all these years? I guess no one's ever brought that up before. So how do I know? How oh. do I know? Or you could, or you, or you just start pulling the Donald Trump, you know, where you're like everybody knows it. Says, oh, geez, I guess if everybody knows it, <laughs> I, you know, we all we all know it's true. Okay, yeah, it's I, all I, fake news down I, in the states. I was now. left out, so why didn't I know? Twelve twenty-three. Oilers lose six-four to the Los Angeles Kings. Back to Staples Center one more time. Here's Jordan Everly. Um, yeah, I mean they scored, and, and you know we, it was just I didn't think it was our best. We uh, we gave them you know too many easy grade A chances that they capitalized on. We left Talbot to drive too much, and it's not how you win, especially in the playoffs. So that's, I mean that's not our game. Your line played had a I thought a good game. Very engaged, a lot of physical play from your line. Uh, that at least was a positive. Yeah, I mean. I mean, there's, you try and find positives when you when you lose, but yeah, we uh, we cycled the puck well. I thought we held on to it well. Um, capitalized on a couple a couple of chances and and, uh, and like you said, physical on the forecheck. So um, hopefully our line can continue that. Did you guys just get away from what was kind of working for you, and now you need to hit the reset button, kind of? Yeah, yeah. I, I just like I said, I, th- I thought we gave them too many grade A chances. Uh, they had a two one zero at one point, a um, couple of slot chances, and, and uh, you know, like I said, I thought we left Talbs out to dry, and, and and that's not how you win. That is Jordan Eberle, who wound up with an assist tonight, but the Oilers lose six four to the Los Angeles Kings. So Anaheim, hundred and one points. Oilers and Sharks both with 97. The Oilers do have a game in hand on both those teams. Our next broadcast is going to be Thursday when the Oilers visit the Sharks. The face-off show will start at 7. The game will start at 8.30. I want to say thanks to Brandon Graziano, our studio producer this evening. You can get more on the team on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. The Kings down the Oilers 6-4. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reid Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish team Broadcast Center. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.